It was kind of cool to hear how Hollywood struggled with autism, but then they worked their way through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I actually haven't seen the movie, but after listening to the clip, I watched it. Nothing makes you feel more productive than going to Home Depot at like 8.30 in the morning. Oh, I love it. I just changed all the air filters. Oh, my God. It's just, <laughs> like even, and I, all I did was go and buy stuff. I came home like and did other things not related to stuff we bought at Home Depot. But I just felt like a man. I got home and had bags of Home Depot. And I'm like, I did stuff. Even I, I didn't do anything. I love Home Depot. You do. You actually, that's like, <clears throat> you used to love going to like, I don't know. what a, Whole Foods. Yeah, but those other shops that like women shop at, like boutiques. oh yeah, like boutiques and stuff, <coughs> spends hundreds Sorry, of dollars on clothes. Peanuts caught my throat. Now you go into Home Depot, you could walk around there all day. Like you lit up. I could. You're you like, could look see at this. It. Look at this. Look That's at that. That's because look I want to do everything at once. I know. Um, I love it. I could spend hours there. I could spend a lot of money there. Mm. But at least it's going to good use. I mean, clothes are just clothes. Right, like, so you have to look, I almost, and I think this is where Home Depot tricks you, like they try, well, it's not tricking you, but it's, it gets in your mind, it's like, you're not spending money here, you're spending money in your home, like buying stuff here is an investment in your home, like when you say that, and you're like, oh, it's not really like spending money then, and then you No, I'm trying to tell you, spend it, No. let's do it, uh, let's do our house. Well, we, we've done good, we've done a lot of work, um, and... Like, so now we got this whole pool deck thing we're doing, but it's going to look awesome when it's done. So I'm happy about that. Well, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm trying to be very patient and wait till Friday because well, I could do that whole pool deck today. That's not happening. I know. Zero percent chance. I know, but I could do it. I will throw the paint in the pool before <laughs> that happens. <laughs> no, you have a good idea with the pool guy coming in. Yeah, I got a good plan, man. I got a good, unless the weather screws us up, but I hope it doesn't. I think we'll be okay. Um, real quick. So I wanted to get to a, a couple of things. Um, we've got some messages. Uh, that's another thing I love about this community. It's just like people are like, I don't know, like they just help you out, like tip you off on stuff. So yesterday, I thought this was awesome. The mask mandate on airplanes was shot down, struck down. No more masks in airports, no more masks on airplanes. So um, it's big news. I'm sure that this is not the first time you've heard about it. Uh, I would say that 98% of America is very excited about this, especially travelers. Uh, it definitely was beyond time. And so I say that for special needs families because obviously the A-plus struggle is having your child wear a mask on a plane. I mean, that just, like for Cal, it just wouldn't happen. Like 0% chance we wouldn't even try to go on the plane because we'd wind up being one of those um, Facebook watch videos where the family's arguing because you have a special needs kid and the flight attendant doesn't care and the cops come and you get kicked off and you don't get your money back. <laughs> I mean, I could see us on there, you know? Well, so with the ma- with no mask now, would you try to go on an airplane mm. for like 30 minutes? Well, here's like what I'm leading short, up to. short flight? For 30 minutes? What 45. Is that like? The keys. Okay, now, like, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah 30 minutes is like uh, you're dropping us off in the middle of the Everglades. No interest okay, in that. 45 minutes. That's my keys. sweet spot. Yeah, the keys. Um, no, I'm not ready for that yet with him. But here's what I'll say. So I th- I believe it is. Um, it is. It's American Airlines. My buddy Tim sent me this. Have resumed what's called their practice flights for special needs families. This is really an awesome idea. Um, not available in Tampa yet where we are, but in a bunch of other big cities. Probably like five or six other big cities. So you go to the airport. You take luggage, you go through the screening process, you do everything that you would do. You get on a plane, they start the plane engines up, the plane goes down the runway, they never take off, 
obviously, but they do everything else. They hear the engines, you know, and then the speed of the airplane just to get the kids acclimated. This is how it's going to be. This is great for the parents. Like you, it's kind of like a baseline. You can see where you are in the whole timeline of traveling. Look, it may not affect Cal at all. Like we might be like, this is awesome. Or it might be like, okay, we're years away, but that's cool. We're flexible. Like we, you know, special needs families just understand you. Here's the thing about special needs families too. You just want to know where you are. Like you can deal, you can deal, but you got to know where you are in the process. Right. So and when I, I buy a bunch of tickets and try to do it and then the whole flight, he's very upset and it throws off. No, absolutely not. But I would do this, these practice flights. Great idea. Well, I like it because in our situation with autism, he has to know exactly what he's doing and he needs that practice. Right. Like he has to go step by step. Even for trick or treating, we had to like practice. Yeah. I mean, I worry about air, like his ears because of the, uh, your ears sometimes with the pressure changes. Um, yeah, but then you just give him something to chew on or a lollipop. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a baby sucking on a passing. I know, but sometimes that doesn't work. I don't know. It does. Okay. Well, I'm a mom. Well, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, w- I would do the practice flight, but no, I would not put him on a plane. Not right now. Well, but a couple of those practice flights wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, but I would I, definitely do that. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's a great idea. I just, I mean. He might really like it. And that's the other side, right, too. It's like, don't approach it from, oh, this could go really bad. You might be shocked. And it might be his new favorite thing. Airplane, airplane. You know, I mean, you just never know. Good. We yeah. can start traveling. Uh, I'm not interested. So in our... <laughs> I'm not. You're scared. I'm not scared. I Overall, I don't love traveling to begin with. It's it, The airport is a hassle. Um, you know, just rental cars and this, it's all just traveling. Traveling used to be so fun. I remember like getting on, going to the airport and getting on airplanes was like a, it was almost like a prestigious thing. It was like a big deal. It was really fun. Like you had all the space in the airport. Like it was just a, like traveling was fun. The airports were fun. Now it's just so not fun. Like they've just put all these, and I think a lot of it was 9-11, you know, and now they pack, they've redesigned these airplanes. They pack them full of seats you know, it's just like, uh, and then getting off the plane, like if you're not right in the front, like it takes another 40 minutes to actually get off. Well, now they probably really have to pack it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they don't have enough people working. I know. Um, I could do a 45 minute flight after the practices. Like yeah. after the practice, I could do a 45 minute flight. Um, the hardest part for me probably would be the airport and everything, all the waiting Well, and I'd want like special permission to get on the plane first and off the plane first. I think they'll give you that. Yeah. yeah I think they'll give you that. But yeah, a lot but of it, I think a lot, a lot of, of it's us, just a waste. That's a hassle, but a lot of it with us, just finding a place to stay that's special needs friendly, and you know, will he like the place? Will he? It's just, it's just too much right now. It really is. Um, but a I think lot goes into it. Yeah, yeah, it's just too much. I mean, the, the flying and the stuff is one thing, but then wherever you go, it's like new environment, and then you've got four other kids, and you're trying to make sure they're happy. It's just not our thing right now. But I don't know that it ever will be. Um, you know, at least in the near future, but I don't know that that's kind of, I mean, we live where everybody vacations. Like I don't feel the pressure to travel. Like there's nowhere I really want to go that I need to go that I'm excited about. Except the keys. I, but I, we could do that without the kids one day. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I mean, the keys aren't that different from where we live. I mean, it's a new spot, but I just don't care enough to be like, I have to go to the keys. Like, so just, an, another thing is a boat. Like we, we talk about, will he like a boat? Will he not like a boat? Our friends invite us on a boat, like yeah. our family. And so that's the kind of thing too. Like we don't know how it's going to be. So we'd have to do something very close. 
Like just like a cruise, you know? Yeah, it'd have to be like a little 15-minute, 20-minute thing. Like how do you feel on the boat? You know, are you cool with the boat? But you got to start it off kind of easy and, you know, whatever and just see how it goes. And maybe some boats, like maybe he'll like like a real big boat, but maybe a small boat's scary. You know, or maybe the engine of a big boat would scare him, but then a pontoon boat, which is, you know, goes slower. And it's kind of more of just a calm ride. Like maybe that's more his style. Like there's just all this stuff you got to think about. But um, whoever we'd be going with would have to understand if it's time for us to get off, it's time for us to get off. Yeah. Even if it's just letting me and Cal off. Because even at the beach, like we planned to do a beach day the other day. I packed sandwiches and stuff. It felt like we were there for three hours, but it was only an hour and a half. Right. And he was done. I mean, it was just like he was just, he had done everything he wanted to do. He felt good about what he did, but he had just decided it was time. I mean, just, you know, we, once he starts like going after other people's toys and constantly going up to where other people are set up, that's basically him telling you, Hey, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. Like, this is what I'm going to keep doing. So if you want to take me out of this environment, you can. But if you were going to stay here, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And that's when I'm become done. Yeah. And so I think we even talked about, too, like, I think the beach now is probably two cars. um, Yeah. Just because there are times when the kids want to stay, you know, because an hour and a half for like, you know, a 10, 13, 14 year old is not enough at the beach. Like they want to be out there three or four hours. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the time, it's two cars. I mean, when we go to the kids' games and stuff like that, yeah, it's it just, just kind of easier kinda, that way. It just kind of makes sense. It sort of makes sense. Um, so anyway, I think that's really cool with the flights. Me too. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's I think it's cool if if you live in a city where they do it. Um, and it's it's American Airlines, so you can find all the information online. But I'm just I'm glad they're bringing it back. And then now with the mask thing being gone, it's just going to be a lot more accessible. Probably a ton less anxiety for the families who do travel with special needs kids. Because um, the masks were an issue, you know, yeah. but they put it was like over a year ago. So every airline had to put in these new filter systems, these air filter systems, like really high tech, super expensive and proven to work, like really proven to work. So why it took all this long to like take the masks off, who knows? I'm sure it's just political stuff. But the fact that they have these great air filter uh, air filtration systems on these airplanes should make everybody feel really good. It's like technology really helped. Um, and you know, obviously on an airplane, they, 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 it's so like well-documented that a mask on an airplane does almost nothing to protect you. That air filtration system is what protects you. Yeah. So that's really cool. And I'm happy for special needs families. And, uh, I'm, you know, also I'm, I'm happy for the staff of these airliners that have been forced to become cops, you know, yeah. like they didn't sign up for that, you know, and they have to do their job and they have to do their policies. I'm happy for them too. They've had a horrible job for the last two years. Yeah. You know, to, to tell autistic kids and autistic families to get off the plane, like that's hard. You know, it that's is. hard for them. You could see a lot of them didn't want to do it. And they, they would all say, I'm sorry, like either you got to put the mask on or we have to call the police. Like we don't have a choice. Like we're violating the law if you don't do this. And the families were heartbroken and crushed. Everybody was in a tough spot. So, you know, I feel like it's a... A good day in the sense for that, because there are special needs families that travel a lot and want to travel and go on vacation and do things. And they haven't been able to do that for, which seems like forever. I mean, I spent a couple years, but that's forever. Well, especially if you're living in cold places. I mean, it's like snowing in 10 different states right now. I know. I put that's up a, awful. I put, I, I shared a thing on Facebook and it was like, um, states not snowing. And it said Florida. It said states snowing. And it was like 10 different states. Yeah, like the like the East Coast all the way into the uh, upper Midwest. It was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. Like yesterday, it was like 84 degrees here. We were sweating like crazy. And then all over social media, it was people, Maryland, Michigan, Indiana, Wisconsin, uh, northern parts of Tennessee, Kentucky snowing. 
And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, we were at the football field, and I'm like, I need sunscreen. I know. <laughs> I was. Just, I smashed my Gatorade, and I'm like, oh, and it wasn't even the end of the first half. I was like, I'm so hot right now. It's just drenched in sweat, but, um, but that's pretty cool that we're not living in a state with snow. <laughs> yeah, we got fr- we got fried this weekend, actually. Oh, my. I still feel beat from this weekend. I like, know. Just from like, oh, I'm like, I'm just trying to chug water, 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 water. Um, what are, You said you had something else you wanted to get to. You were going to talk about Rain Man. Oh, okay. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. So the movie Rain Man, right, comes out in the 80s. There is this really cool story behind the movie Rain And I want to play you this clip, not of the movie, but it's like a three and a half minute clip. If you've never seen the movie, you should see it. Um, I, I'm imagining that you're listening to this podcast because you have some interest in the world of autism or are connected by it or know people who are. Um, so this clip, it's an interview. It's There's a guy, his name is Gary Vaynerchuk. He's kind of a business entrepreneur guy who also has you know this brand, this personality where he talks a lot about business and, and it's a lot of motivational stuff. But he's doing this this. It's not a keynote, but it's kind of a roundtable discussion with a guy who started CAA, which is like this really powerful Hollywood agency. They represent talent, movies uh, or movie actors, athletes, everybody, right? He started this whole thing. So back in the day in the 80s, he would find actors and connect them like with Hollywood studios and, and have them do movies together. Well, he tells this really fascinating story about how he got Rain Man all put together and how... Like, even just hearing him talk about how they talked about autism in the 80s, it's so, it's weird, it's strange, it's interesting, it's fascinating, it's everything. Like, one of the directors was like, we can't do this movie because they don't look alike. Yeah. And they're like, well, there's a lot of autistic siblings that don't look alike. So they had to go and do all this research on it. There was another director who actually, the, the working title was called Two Schmucks in a Car. Which could you imagine saying that today about autism? Like, no. But they were like, but anyway, it's really fascinating, like what, how they went through this process and kind of everybody learned from the whole thing and how a couple of these directors, big time directors, struggled with the movie because there was no, there was no ending, there was no solution because autism doesn't get better. And yeah. how the, Hollywood struggled with that back in the eighties. They're like, what do you mean? Like this, it doesn't get better. It has to end better. And they're like, you don't cure this. Like it doesn't. Get, and so there was a Hollywood producers like. A movie has to have a solution. It has to have an ending. It has, and, and so they struggled with that, how to get around it and everything. So it's a really fascinating, it's a really, really uh, fascinating, like three or four minutes to hear him describe how they never gave up and how initially it was a huge failure, but then he'll tell the quick story of how in the long run it was a massive success. So I think this is a really cool clip to uh, to listen to. And... Great, like, observations for, like, success in your own, like, business, your job, your career. Uh, if you have an idea, like, he kind of goes through how this was the same thing and had to conquer all this crap to get this done. I know. I liked the clip. Yeah. And even when he was trying to work with different producers or directors, they were so confused and they couldn't really find one to yeah. work with them. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, how Dustin Hoffman, like, he let his agent and the producers get all that done, but then he started studying the part you know, studying the actual part because he knew it was challenging and he was really interested in it and how Tom Cruise got involved. I don't know. It's really... So the the real thing is, I mean, I know we've kind of given away some of this clip, but the reality is like this movie should have never happened. And then when it did happen, it was a massive failure until it wasn't a massive failure. And it was just really neat because this was kind of... It was kind of cool to hear how Hollywood struggled with autism, but then they worked their way through it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And I actually haven't seen the movie, but after listening to the clip, I want to. I was going to say, I, I think if you, I I saw it years ago. And I mean, I'm talking, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago or something. I was a kid when I saw it. And now I want to see it again. Now that I know some of this backstory, now that I know that these producers really weren't all into it, now that I know that the original movie title was Two Schmucks in a Car, you know what I mean? Now that yeah. I know this stuff and I'm like, whoa, because a lot of the movie is them in the car traveling and stuff. Now I'm like, I want to I want to go back through this and kind of analyze and review it. You know, it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Just hearing about it, like this sounds weird to say it in this way, but I have a love for autism because I love someone with autism. Right. And anything that's like supporting autism about autism, like I that's my whole life and I want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Yep. So I like to see different I don't know. I'm excited to see that movie. Yeah. All right. So I want to play you the clip now because I think our <clears throat> our setup for the clip was longer than the clip, which is a mistake number one in the media business. Don't let this setup be longer than the payoff. But that's okay. I wanted to at least um, give you the backstory on that. So we will say goodbye and um, we'll just let the clip end the podcast. But I think it's a really powerful clip and something you can get out of it, either e- even with other things not related to, to autism. So we will sit back and listen to this interview clip with you. Enjoy. With Rain Man, we had a screenplay turned down with nothing attached to it. We immediately, after reading the script, gave it to Dustin Hoffman, who fell in love with both roles, but particularly the role, the lead role of Raymond. And we then decided to try to cast the other role prior to going to a director. We came up with the idea of Tom Cruise. It sounds great after the fact, but when we did it, there was a front page article in the Los Angeles Times saying that we were idiots, that there was no way that those two guys could be brothers, they didn't look alike, they had nothing to do with each other. Uh, Hoffman had gone to UCLA to meet with the head of the doctor who ran the autism program and discovered that in autistic families, the kids don't necessarily look the same. It's just, uh, it's kind of a, a strange part of nature. They can or they don't have to. In this case, the majority of the time, they don't. So casting crews was very important because we wanted that demographic, and Hoffman had his own demographic. Long story short, we had a director, and the director couldn't figure out how to get the uh, picture made quickly, so we went to a second director. The first director was uh, Marty Brest, who had done uh, Beverly Hills Cop, He couldn't figure it out. We went to uh, Barry Levinson, uh, who ultimately directed the picture. He got called away to do Good Morning Vietnam. We then went to uh, Steven Spielberg, who uh, had trouble with the script, and he got called away to do something else. We then went to Sidney Pollack, who uh, couldn't figure the piece out because it didn't have a third act. And then by that time, it had no third act because an autistic person unfortunately doesn't get better. And Sidney had a very linear mind, so he wanted to have an ending. Anyways, in conclusion, by that time, believe it or not, Good Morning Vietnam was done and we released it. And Levinson was available and I called him. I said, you should really come back to this. He went back, read the script, and he said, there is no third act. This guy doesn't get better. I'm gonna make a movie that I'm gonna term two schmucks in a car. And that was the working title of the movie, but <laughs> two schmucks in a car. And he made a road movie, which for those of you that are a little older, and I don't see many of you, 
There are all these movies made in the 40s with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby and old-time movie stars called road movies. So Levinson did what Picasso did. He appropriated somebody else's idea, which is highly acceptable, by the way, as long as you don't infringe on their IP, and he made a road movie. And lo and behold, uh, the movie came out, and it was a dismal failure opening weekend. Is that right? Yeah. It did $6 million for a weekend, and the New York Times wrote an article that Cruz, Hoffman, and Levinson were going to fire me, and that the head of um, the studio that did the actual physical distribution was going to get fired. What they didn't figure out was a word-of-mouth movie, and the movie did $6 million for the next 50 weeks. Next 50 weeks. And then it, it eventually got over a billion dollars of gross, and in that time frame in the 80s was important and won six Academy Awards. And it's a, a thank you. And, and, and I only go on about this, and then I'll shut up, but I, it's really something to take to heart. It's called don't ever give up if you believe in something. Just don't give up. Uh, we were told don't do it. We were told we'd get fired. We were told that by the first director, the movie wasn't makeable. We were told by the second movie director, wasn't makeable. Third director, same thing. Fourth director. The movie got made and it was a huge hit. So when you're into something out there, whether it's an idea or a deal you're working on or something where you know your stomach and your head have met each other, just don't stop.